Before we jump into today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences that we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So let's get comfy and talk about death. Welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Brandy. And I'm Sierra. And I'm Red. And we are your body butcher babes Ayo. this week. Ayo. <laughs> Reuse, renew, recycle. A term that so many people are familiar with. But what about applying this to the dead? A lot of our audience may be familiar with different alternative green initiatives to make dead bodies into compost and the like. But how many of you can say you're listed on an organ donor registry? You're just chock full of useful materials even after you leave this mortal coil. And today we're going to explore the importance of passing on these gifts to people in desperate need. Are either of you two donors? Let me see the licenses. Who's got that little I am. Of course I have a heart on my license. Yes. <laughs> I'm a bad enough driver that I have to. <laughs> Beautifully done. So there are a few ways people can go about donating parts or the whole of themselves after they pass on. Uh, the one most people are probably aware of is to get that little red heart put on your driver's license when they go to the DMV that says donor. Uh, I for sure have mine. Uh, I think everybody else here does too. Mm -hmm. Signing up to become an organ donor to someone who needs a heart or kidney or beyond once they pass. The other is bequeathing one's body to a medical college or institution for science and study, but we'll save that one for another episode on its own. The world of organ and tissue donation seems to be shrouded in a lot of mystery. People have these ideas of what might be going on, especially with organ donation, but they don't know the real ins and outs. I definitely had no idea what it meant to be an organ or tissue donor before I started working at an organ procurement organization. There are rumors of donors being taken off life support before they should have, or not providing care to patients because the doctor sees that they're registered. It all sounds so scary and confusing, so let's break down what it means to be a donor. The first successful organ transplant was a kidney back in the 1950s, but the need for viable organs has always been around as long as humans have had diseases. Even after extensive medical leaps and bounds to be able to organ match donors to donees, study on immunosuppression. Oh, that's a big one, everybody. You did great. Right on the first try, baby. Uh, do I have to clap to start that up? <laughs> Woo, okay, I was just kind of impressed. You did so uh, good. For greater transplant success, there never seemed to be enough organs to go around. It has always been in the minds of medical professionals to explore every avenue for procurement possible, and the dead have been made it or have made it quite high on this list. A huge chunk of modern-day organ donation comes from the deceased donors. There are three types of organ donors, living, brain dead, and DCD. A living organ donor is someone who donates either a kidney or a piece of liver to someone they are a medical match to. You only need one kidney to have normal body function, and the liver is a regenerative organ, so it'll be able to heal and grow back to normal size within a few months. A brain dead donor is exactly what it sounds like. Someone who's had the oxygen cut off to their brain or has gone through too much trauma for that brain function to return. The brain is no longer able to communicate with the body, and they can't live off of life support. This is where organ donation comes in. 
If someone who is brain dead is stable enough, organ donation beca can become a possibility. The donor will go through a few rounds of brain death testing, as well as blood testing to confirm if the donor is a candidate. So like, what's some of the uh, like actual testing that you would use uh, to confirm that somebody is brain dead? They do like MRI, CT scans, all of that stuff. They're looking for no activity. Okay. A brain dead donor is somebody who has no activity in their brain. So once they look at that MRI, they can see that there is nothing there. Um, unfortunately, the possibility for life is gone. Up until uh, 2013, donors who are HIV positive were unable to donate. But thanks to the HIV Organ Policy Equity Act, now those who are HIV positive can donate to other HIV positive recipients. Oh my gosh, I had no idea because I, I know that there's a lot of diseases that can actually just completely exclude mm -hmm. you. And I, for the longest time, I, I would have assumed that HIV would have been one of them. So. Yeah, it absolutely was uh, up until 2013. So now we're super lucky that people who have that diagnosis are able to get a kidney or liver if they need it. Is there extra precautions that you have to take as a procurement specialist when somebody has a disease like that, that you're obviously becoming, uh, coming into contact with uh, bodily fluids that could also give that disease to you? What do you have to do that's kind of uh, over and above? So for HIV specifically, as a tissue that wouldn't go through tissue because it's too high risk of something and um, they can't like irradiate that from the tissue. But for the organs specifically, they're just going to do what they normally do in a hospital because that person person's never going to leave the hospital as an organ donor. So it's just what the nurses and practitioners normally do to make sure they don't get a disease. Oh, okay. Universal precautions. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, lastly is our DCD. DCD stands for donation after cardiac death. These are the donors who still have some sort of brain function, but would otherwise not be able to survive without a ventilator. This is actually the type of donor that a close family member of mine was in February of 2022. Once ventilation is removed, the clock starts. If the patient passes within 90 minutes, they're able to move forward with organ donation as normal. But if they don't, then they'll return to the hospital floor or possibly some type of palliative care center until their passing does occur. They are our donors in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You just need hand to put that in there, throw it in the right hook. I had to. So now let's talk about tissue donation. I work in tissue, so I will probably naturally lean a little bit more into that. I also believe that tissue seems to be even more mysterious than organs. If I thought I knew nothing about organ donation when I started, I had no clue what tissue was about. So these are our donors that have already passed. After the heart stops beating, we have 24 hours to recover and those 24 hours can go quick. Because these donors do not have to die in a hospital in order to donate their gift, tissue ends up doing a lot more donors than organs does. This also means that our donors come in many different conditions. They may have come to us after something tragic has happened and we're able to turn that tragedy into something positive for the family. Their loved one was able to save and enhance lives through donation, even if they didn't meet the organ criteria. Tissue donors can be any age as well. The youngest donor for me was 36 weeks gestation and I've recovered on donors over 100 years old. Whoa, 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 whoa. What were you able to take from a gestational fetus? Um, we actually, so in the hospital, they knew uh, that she was going to pass away uh, because of her diagnosis. So the mother reached out to us and was really, really adamant about being a donor. And so we were able to do placenta, which is technically the baby's graft. So she donated placenta. And then we did brain for research and heart for valves. 
Really? And so you can have a placenta transplant? Mm, so it's like uh, they take it and they do a lot of like wound care stuff with it because the placenta is really oh. high in like nutrients and stuff. Yeah. That's why you're so, supposed yeah. to eat it after you have a kid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why people really? do that. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. Can that's I cool. ask? So you say tissue donors, right? Yeah. Because like what I'm imagining in my head when because I haven't heard tissue donor in mm-hmm. I don't think ever because I'm always it's always been organ donor you know like yeah. you're donating your organs you're getting rid of your kidneys blah 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 I'm I'm just assuming you're peeling skin off people like what what is yeah that? you're not oh far sick off okay right on man being correct yeah we do uh, so in tissue we do skin um, eyes yeah. as well the particular organization that I work at doesn't do eyes. Um, mm-hmm. We have somebody else that comes and does them, but it's all part of it. So. so eyes, skin, bone, tendon, heart, veins, nerves, and... You know what? I didn't even think about bones. That makes <laughs> oh, a lot of sense. No. And, like, things along those lines. I was like, mm, yes, organs. And then you said bones, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. It opens up a whole new chapter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely lots of bones. Yeah. Big time oh on bones. Oh, my God, I imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Sierra, if you were mm-hmm. to actually be able to... Uh, see what a bone donor looks like. So you remember that um, <laughs> that movie, uh, Harry Potter, where he's just oh, like, he has the broken bone instead yeah, of fixing yeah, yeah. it, he's just like, I got no bones. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like it's literally like that. Oh my if, God, like, you, de- you dead ass, you take it out, you plop one in, you call it a day. Straight the fuck up. It is Wait, exactly I've heard of like bone like. grafting and stuff. Yep. That so Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I so, didn't even think about it. So bones. getting into like all the graphs that we take, there is no age cutoff for skin donation and the criteria for it is pretty open. So most of our donors do end up being at least skin. Uh, then we move on to MS, which is musculoskeletal. This is the bone and tendon. Next is our cardiovascular tissue. This includes saphenous veins, femoral veins, heart for valves, and aortoiliac vessel. Mm. Uh, those repair triple A's. Um, those are our life-saving graphs. Mm. And then what nerves, does triple A stand for? Abdominal aorta aneurysm. Okay. So it's when your abdominal aorta blows oh and it God. just fills your entire body with blood and you have to get a surgery right then and there for a replacement or you are going to die. That's me every time after Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah, big time. Yeah, you're you're right on the edge of a triple A. (laughs) Um, And then we do nerves as well. Uh, Those are our regenerative tissue, kind of like liver is in a a different kind of sense. They can kind of connect to each side of the nerve that they're replacing and become part of that nerve. It's really, really interesting. Uh, And then lastly, our research tissues. Uh, we do placenta and brain. Placenta does have some application for like wound healing and things like that, but there's a lot of research going on with it uh, right now. Well, because it's got to have like what are they called? Blast cell or what? What is it called? I don't remember. Like stem cell. Stem research. cells. That's it. Yeah. Hey, yo. <laughs> yeah. There's a One lot point of to me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stem cell stuff going on with placenta for sure. They're really just trying to figure out what all they can do with it because it seems to be like a really good tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Since those cells are basically generating an entire, like yep. tiny little human being. Yeah. What can they do for people that are already like uh, formed? Yeah. So. And can I got to throw. Me look younger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do, the skin has a lot of cosmetic uh, value to it, like the adipose in skin. And one of the processors we work with takes it and creates things like. Creams oh and other things and uh, like fillers and stuff come mm, from adipose. Put me on to their um, <laughs> uh, socials. I'm ready. But I just had to throw in that um, placentas, if it's a good placenta, it is described as red beefy and spongy oh man that's in my dating profile so I, 
I literally have to type that into the computer. Yeah. I don't know. You've seen this gun. <laughs> there ain't shit there. These thighs. <laughs> These thighs can save lives too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they can. I mean, that skin saves lives, right? <laughs> Next time I look at you, I'm just gonna be like, burn victims really want it. Get it nice. up. You're looking very Stop. placental. Today. Ooh. You're trying to save my life, mommy. Are you, tra- are you trying to say I'm beefy? Because oh, you have a muscle, mommy, or I guess a muscle fetus. <laughs> no, we don't. If you could walk me through, so when you go to procure uh, any type of tissue, like what does that look like from like point A to point B? You know, how do you have to prep somebody? Like, what does that look like to, to do procurement? So uh, I'll start, like, I'll just do. Um... Even from, like, getting the call to, like, yeah. we're on board. Kind so, of our organization is pretty big. Um, I don't do any of the, like, talking to families or anything like that. We have an actual call center. So, a hospital will call us and say, hey, we got a dead body. And we'll say, great, tell me everything you know. Take down all that information. And if they don't have any, like, immediate rule outs, like something like HIV or uh, rheumatoid arthritis is an immediate rule out for that MS mm. tissue uh, because those those bones and tendons have gone through a lot. So uh, then we will put a hold on the, on the donor at the hospital that they're at or wherever they're at. Then they'll come to our facility. We will bring them into our prep room and start a full scrub on them. Uh, we take a really, really powerful soap and scrub all of the contaminants away, shave the donor, flip them onto their stomach, do the same thing to the back, and then bring them into an OR, and then we'll do a sterile version of that, where we'll start on the back, sterilely scrub them, chloroprep them, which is just like a really concentrated alcohol, and then recover. Uh, if it's just a normal case, we'll just do back skin first, and I'll flip them over, do the same thing to the front, and then we'll recover whatever else we're taking, and then we'll suture after and make them look all pretty again. What do you think the percentages of, like, calls that you guys get versus tissues and bodies and things that you can actually, like, use? Uh, We get a lot of calls. Yeah. Yeah. So we probably get hundreds of calls a day. But on average, we're probably doing, right now, a lot of donors. So probably, like, four donors a day. I feel like that's a good number. But, like, still, that's crazy. Yeah. I feel like there's so many things that could just be like, ah, no. There is. There's a lot of things. And you'll, like, think about it and you're like, oh, even, like, certain travel to certain places in the 80s is a rule out. Wow. Because of, like, certain things that were happening there at that time, like diseases and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they ask a lot of personal, you know, medical questions and stuff. Uh, What are some of the other things that can rule somebody out from uh, being a donor? uh, Probably our biggest one is IVDA, so intravenous drug use uh if they have done it even once in their life they can't be a donor just because the risk is so high Mm -hmm. uh they can be an organ donor but for tissue specifically no because we don't have all that time that organs does like we only have those 24 hours somebody in an organs case could sit there for a week or so getting all the testing done making sure they're brain dead or whatever um so we don't really have as much of that in tissue, we really kind of have to be like a lot quicker with it. And our serologies come after the donor. So we take the blood before we do our recovery Mm -hmm. and we can't do a recovery if we don't have that blood to know that their blood is clean, essentially. Interesting. What kind of drugs? Rylodin. 
That's it. I'm not implying anything. Somebody, I'm just wondering. You could you could smoke crack and you can still be a donor. So, well, yeah, see, that's so what just I wanted to get do, on it. You know? yeah. No, I mean, no. We do not condone no crack like the smoking. Okay? If, if it doesn't go up your nose, it's not supposed to be there. Oh, um, God. You, can, you can do that, too, and still be a donor. So uh, well, good, good job. You know, a lot just of no heroin. Just no heroin. heroin. So it's, yeah. so it's specifically like needle kind of stuff. Needle, yeah. It's okay, just so if they use a needle. And if it's like very extensive drug use, even without a needle, you know, it's really up to the processors, the people that mm. we're sending the tissue to, yeah. uh, to decide whether or not that that is something they want to take on. Interesting. Um, so, like, once you've actually um, gotten these tissues, you've you've successfully procured them from a donor. How do you you put them on ice? Is there like a fluid you have to suspend them in? How do you basically hold on to them until mm. they're able to find their new home? So uh, we put everything goes on ice, even the donor. Uh, the donor has to be cooled within 15 hours for us to begin recovery. Um, so, but that 24 hour clock is like if they were cooled right at 24 hours. Uh, and then after that, we just use normal saline to, and like um, a, what's, what's the best word to use? Like a washcloth, essentially <laughs> soaked in saline. Oh. If you've worked in an OR, it's called a lap sponge. But uh, we'll put that with saline over anything that's got like soft uh, like tendons or stuff like that uh, to keep it. But usually it's normal saline and then skin typically goes in like a really heavy antibiotic solution. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, lot of and sense. that keeps it like juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it wet. Yeah. Gotta keep it wet, man. I mean, Lubricated. What's actually for yourself personally, uh, one of the more difficult donations that you've had to do? So like it could be either emotional or like just physical labor intensive. Um, honestly, the donation that I did today was pretty rough. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. That one was a bad one. Um, it's usually the younger donors that are the hardest, uh, both emotionally and physically. Uh, somebody who dies at a young age, their tissue is in a lot better shape. So kind of getting in there and getting things out is a lot more difficult. Um, but for like my hardest recovery, probably that 30, 36 week gestation one, that one was pretty rough because the family was very heavily involved. And that's not something that I, I deal with a lot. Um, I kind of stay in my little OR dungeon and I'm happy there, but I was able to meet uh, the parents and everything after the recovery and stuff. So that's been something I have a picture of her in my house. Like she's framed in my house. She's, I, I love that baby very much. And I, I took very good care of her, I hope. And that I was able to, so yeah. That is so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. You have a heart in many ways. <laughs> oh, I have many hearts. Yeah. I'd like to have a few more. Add it to the collection, maybe, I guess. Uh, what, what are some uh, crazy misconceptions about your job? Because I'm assuming I'm having a few right now because I understand. You, you but tell do me. I understand. <laughs> I, um, I need you to know that, like, as you're you're describing this, you're telling yeah. me things that you're doing as somebody yeah. who's never witnessed this, has no clue, like, what everything yeah. that entails. I am just imagining, you know, you're in your little, like, your little dungeon. Yeah. Um, and you just go to town, you whack dack, skin away, throw them on some ice and call it a day. And I'm assuming it is not like that. No, no. Not every at all, right? every donor, even the simplest donor, takes at least an hour and a half. And the most complex donor will take like 
five hours sometimes, oh, six God. hours in a case, yeah. Um, those are usually, like, when people are training and stuff. And if we're doing those nerve cases, that's a lot, like, Oh, especially more nerve. My yeah, God, I the, can't imagine. The nerve of it, yeah. So um, it's very... I think people think that we're butchers. Um, <laughs> that's the that idea that, that I got. Was why, yeah. It was kind of sick. I was like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Checks out. Does it yeah. help that we immediately introduce ourselves? Is that yeah. Right? yeah? Well, that's why I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> we um, used to. So uh, at a time, there was something called case pay, where you came in, you did a case, and you got paid a certain amount of um, money. The organ side of our organization, the people that are like the equivalent to the recovery people in tissue uh used to call us slash for cash oh my god so, that's kind of badass though yeah it is when but, you're but also it's but they didn't mean it like that. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> they they meant it derogatory so Aww. that's how we took it Dude, the, uh, the organ yeah i don't know oh there's turf wars like organs oh, and tissue we're okay it's getting better every day it gets a little better but it was rough there for a minute you're like threatened to like harvest them (laughs) you're like you can take my kidney but i'll still live you don't need that skin (laughs) you know well yeah i mean i think they're actually scared of us like i really i really do and we i mean even in our organization we get a bad rap and i i don't quite understand why as we keep the lights on but Mm. um it's very interesting people see something different and what they think is weird and they don't understand that what we're doing we have an incredible respect for and every single donor matters and every single donor counts and not only does it count for the family and for the donor themselves but it also counts for their paycheck so um it also counts for like the donee because i'm assuming like one donor could you know help save 75 yeah exactly like yep yeah and uh, a tissue donor can I think it's somewhere around like over 200 grafts can come from just Holy one crap. tissue donor. So the the benefits of it are incredible, and I think that people just don't really understand it. No. That's exactly it. That's yeah. amazing. As I had someone no idea. who like sat down and had no concept, <laughs> I didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, we do be we do be in there slicing and dicing, but yeah, we're slicing and dicing for two hundred skin grafts worth it. Yeah, come on. And Checks I mean, out. it is. I mean, we are taking somebody apart. Like we're taking your bones apart, and like not a part but like apart from each other you know they're all connected we got to take them apart <laughs> so it's connected to the thigh bone exactly it's, yeah. not, it's like, a fever know. but you know <laughs> but yeah that so like one. it's it's a struggle and every, most donors are hemi pelvis which means that like i'm literally getting out a mallet and a wedge device to recover somebody's pelvis away from their spine to get it out of their body. So, like, every case is physically demanding and very, very different. (laughs) That is so metal. So, like, how, um, you know, say it's a a decent day. Like, it's not, like, too busy and Mm -hmm. not too light of a day. How many, you know, would you be doing in a day, uh, yourself personally? Because I'm assuming your team, Uh, you probably have a few different, like, teams that do a few different bodies Yes, so we have, like, a day team and a night team. So the day team will take care of everything from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the night team, the opposite. Um, today I did three cases. That's probably about average. Um, and there are already six cases like ready to go 
for tonight and for the next day. And then, of course, we have that time cut off. So the struggle is real. Absolutely. Is it yeah. just you, like, working on it? Or do you guys, like, have, like, a team? Yeah. Or do you work in pairs? Or kind of how does that work? Uh, we'll have... Uh, so each team, there are, like, two opposite teams that work on a rotating ca- schedule. We each have 10 people plus four part-timers. Yeah. Uh, so we usually divide up, like, five and five if we can. That's, like, a beautiful, beautiful team. Uh, when I started, we were not so lucky. We were, like maybe a three-person team oh, for weeks and weeks and weeks Dang. and it was really difficult i mean that means the team lead who's like charting everything down and keeping track of all the donors also has to cut and so it's just like very exhausting sometimes but yeah we have gotten to a really good place where we can have a good division of labor and like our team will do as many cases as we can and then pass off everything else to the night team that's amazing yeah that is super cool so like with what you're able to recover, so uh, there's obviously clearly a lot that you can uh, get from somebody to be able to pass on to somebody else. Um, are there any organs or tissues that are currently uh, under some type of like study that you can't like um, recover now, but they're like, oh, yeah, we're studying to be able to mm-hmm. use this thing. Like, I don't know, intestines, is that something you can recover? Intestin- yeah, intestines are um, an organ graft. Uh, they do them for research a lot, but they also do them for transplant. You can get somebody else's intestines. Wow. Is um, there anything then you can't right now, like, transfer? Just, I mean, brain. Probably. Yeah, brain. Yeah. Brain will never be something you can <laughs> get a new one of, unfortunately. Um, uh, let me think. Think currently for tissue um, and organ, it's. Um, currently for tissue, we have a project going on uh, that's like spine for like bone marrow. So that's Ooh. something that's like a, a in the works, getting researched on a lot. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's I can one that comes that would be something super useful, but mm-hmm. have harnessed to the science yet. Yeah, and yeah. it's really funny when somebody you have to flip somebody, but they don't have a spine. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wobbly, oh my gosh. <laughs> very <laughs> wobbly. <laughs> uh, I have two off-color questions. Yeah, hopefully they're okay. But I'm gonna ask. Um, so you're doing like skin grafts, you're taking skin, you're yep. harvesting it, you're doing that kind of stuff. What about people with like tattoos and stuff? Do you, can yeah. you take that or is it like, is it messed up? No. Oh shit. Yeah. So I shouldn't be getting tattoos. I mean, well, I mean I'm mean, i going to, now, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of already yeah. gone for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tattoos have to be avoided, unfortunately, because they can't match it to someone and they end up just like, once they're right. irradiated, they look like blobs of like black tissue uh so it's not the most attractive thing there's weirdly a lot of like a scale of attractiveness for tissue even though it's going like inside of you if like a bone is discolored the surgeon won't want it that blows my mind. Yeah. I didn't know there was an aesthetic to the yeah. donations. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I feel like uh, our generation is definitely ruling itself out of like skin donation. Like, yeah. Pretty much all of us have yeah. like tattoos. I feel like at this yeah. point, so. all of us definitely do. Um, and I've already kind of ruined my organs, especially my liver. So <laughs> I wanted to be a donor, but uh, yeah, tissue you can donate tissue. Just don't, do, just don't do anything with needles. You're fine. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, you'll be good. Trying to my, work away from my that. second yeah. off-colored question is in regards to like spines and stuff like that. And this is weird because I don't understand the science behind it. So bear with me. Cool. But you know, and I personally have never done this, so this is a disclaimer that I don't do these kind of things. 
But you know, if you ever do like Molly or anything like that, and you crack your back and then all of a sudden it re-releases because it's all up in your spine. So what if you get a donor that like, you know, their spine's full of like some type of drugs and shit and they pop their back and then all of a sudden the drugs release. Is that a problem? I feel uh, like it's a problem. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> it's going to be my, it's going to be my first answer okay, uh, as I sit here and think about it a little bit. That's a weird um, question. Yeah, that is a very interesting question. Something I've never, ever thought about. No. Uh, that particular study is just on organ donors. Um, gotcha. So it, okay. it wouldn't happen. Because um, assume you can just yeah. like, you know, get all the shit out of it. You know, ring it out ring or whatever it out. the yeah, kids well, then do, they, I guess. Then they put it through like radiation, oh. essentially. So it's all gone after that. Yeah. That is so You're good. That was a weird do, thought do all that the I Molly had. Want, I was thinking honestly. about like, you know, it gets stuck in your back and you crack your back and then all of a sudden you're on another planet again. You're like, whoa. <laughs> but you wouldn't know that. Personally. I wouldn't know that. I personally don't participate. Um, but I'm assuming other people do. And from the stories that I've heard and the TikToks I've watched, this is a occurrence. Cool. Probably. Well, you can still be a tissue donor. Amazing. If you're not me. But definitely <laughs> someone who does those sort of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. All there the rave kids. You, the listener. You the listener. Who I'm Molly show. right now. Stop. Drink some water. Not too much water though. Yeah, but do more. And then drink some water. You know, hydrate before you dehydrate. Oh my god. Don't get tattoos though, so we can donate you. Do you have any other questions before I go into my No spiel away, my dude? Alright, cool. Oh. <clears throat> um so uh, what's the process like when you put a hold on a body? So this I asked out of personal um, experience. So as like a funeral director who gets a, a first call and we want to go pick up the body and embalm as soon as possible for the best uh, product, essentially, um, we'll call and be like, oh yeah, we're on our way. And no, 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 the uh, tissue and, and organ procurement uh, facility has a hold on this body. You can't come yet. And I'm like, that's a whole wrench in my day. What is that like from, yeah. from tip to toe? I can absolutely understand why it's incredibly frustrating. I really do. But unfortunately... It kind of just is the way it is because we have to say, don't, don't touch our body because if you embalm, we're done. Like mm -hmm. we can't do anything. We can't fulfill the family's wishes if, if that happens. So it's kind of like a precaution in one way. And then it's also because we may have just heard that this person was registered and they died in a way that makes them viable for tissue donation so we may have not even spoken to the family yet because we have to just say like please please don't touch that body we have to get our ducks in a row essentially so and then unfortunately sometimes that person has they just passed away and so they do have that 24-hour clock and we can keep that hold on them for that full 24 hours because if the family were to call back an hour before they timed out and say we want to donate we would do everything that we possibly could to make that happen and if we've already released the funeral home we can't do that sure so it, it is unfortunate i know it's super frustrating the only reason like for an uneducated person like myself on this matter for me i'm like well why when the person was on like death row at a hospital essentially mm -hmm. was this not a discussion that someone in the hospital already had with the family mm -hmm. uh not necessarily you know your facilities because uh, yeah. you're just taking the orders but yeah like that always was very confusing to me I'm like I, I know that while someone's dying it's not always the easily like easiest yeah. tact to take with a family but I mean if you know I feel like that would be something that the doctors and the hospital should be yeah. you know getting ahead of because I've actually even had uh, families frustrated with this where they're mm -hmm. just like well why is my grandpa not here yet like mm -hmm. he should be here and I'm like well until you guys call give 
until you call this this facility and and have them release the hold we can't do anything about it yeah. so i just think in general and this isn't like any you know shade being thrown at you i think the process overall mm-hmm. needs to be better uh, yeah. for this well it's interesting because we have approachers that go to hospitals for organ donation and they you know begin that conversation with family but there aren't a lot of resources available for tissue donation and that really? that's where things yeah get kind of clogged up oh that is so interesting now that i was coming in hot and heavy with my- <laughs> <laughs> now listen here you <laughs> But no, that gives me a lot of uh, really good perspectives on my end to be able to tell families and arrangements and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, to be able to, you know, aid and abet what you do. Yeah. Because and absolutely, if they really don't want to donate, just give us a call and tell us they don't and we can release that hold immediately. Yeah, it's not like you guys are, you know, being yeah. uh, negative about it or anything or trying to put people no. like out by so we're we just, can't have services yet kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we're just trying to give every donor a chance if they want it. Which is or incredible. if their family wants it. Which is absolutely incredible. Do you think there's like, um, because there's such like a like an emotional thing with donation and like oh my god my grandpa or my family member or whatever that like kind of slows down that process mm-hmm. a lot of people are like i can't deal with this right now i need you to call me in the morning because right. sometimes we're calling away. them at like three in the morning after their loved one passed away and they're yeah. like can you stop mm-hmm. we're like we had this so time sensitive if you want to do this we want to give you the opportunity right. so yeah it, it can definitely be like a hold gets put on it by family sometimes. Wow. That's incredible. I, it's, it's nice kind of like getting the veil lifted a little bit onto something that, <laughs> that honestly affects us a lot, which in a good way. Um, yeah. It's, it's very good to hear that yeah. it's something that's... Donate your body. But donate your body. <laughs> donate your grandpa's body. Yeah, please. Be emotional about it at the funeral. But, you know, <laughs> let this happen first. So I would be demure if I wasn't able to put my two cents in as a funeral director and, you know, how this uh, affects the back end of things. So in case you're wondering what happens after somebody donates... Uh, potentially all of these different types of tissues and organs um what does that you know affect on the back end what does it affect the funeral or embalming um donating someone's organs or tissues will have basically no effect on having a funeral absolutely none the time frame may be delayed a little bit to allow the time for that procurement but having an open casket is pretty much always going to be an option I, i don't think i've ever had a donor come in that i was like holy crap like this person is just maimed i use that as a negative term because it's not going to happen they're not maimed it's not at all what the case is um in any of the donor cases that i've gotten many embalmers will actually bitch and moan about having to prep uh donor bodies and there are usually quite heated arguments actually that will happen at like donor panels during conventions where uh these different facilities will come in and try to educate funeral directors more and yeah they'll just they'll have like shouting matches like funeral directors like you know what i kind of just did like well why is what you're doing affecting what i'm doing so negatively and it's honestly it's a shame and and it's foolish that people in my industry are afraid of a little bit of hard work um donors most of the time are much easier to embalm than an autopsy would be and recovery techs are way way more thoughtful uh, about the bodies that they are recovering from than autopsy techs are is it more of like an aesthetic thing that you guys are like or like I guess these people that are like frustrated with the the process, like that they're they're mad about, like that it's like it's harder to make it look good, or is it more of like it's it's harder just in general to get through the funeral process? So it's a very good question. So really, the only thing that affects on the funeral end is there is a slight delay and help families understand. Yes, you can't just have a funeral tomorrow. Like we need time to be able to prep this person and get them into our care. 
Um, but it's more about the embalming itself. So when there is a procurement, especially of like long bone and um, different types of like vascular like arteries and veins and stuff, um, when you embalm somebody, you're basically going in at one injection point and that is pumping all the fluid in and blood out from one point. So that, that would be like the easiest embalming, right? Mm -hmm. We're making one incision and injecting from one point. But when you have, say, long bone donation from the leg and there's no leg anymore, essentially, to complete oh. that circuit, um, that does make the embalming more complicated. The, flow, the fluid isn't going to go everywhere I need it to. That usually means you have to raise other vessels, so potentially both on the neck could have to raise both arm vessels. Uh, it is a little extra work to do that. Um, people who have like tissue, especially large tissue donations from like back skin and stuff, um, it's not gonna get as good of a flow, so it could uh, start to decompose faster. Um, meaning that I'd have to do different type of chemical treatments for that. So it just, it, it takes basically like an hour long embalming and depending on how long, um, how much someone donated, it could make it a two to three hour uh, embalming, uh, which basically you're asking a funeral director who's overworked to do more work and they're mad about it. That's all it is. But yet again, like I said, like an autopsy, if I was embalming an autopsy case by myself, that is a six point injection, like no doubt. I would have to have six different vessels to inject from. Uh, and then all the other nonsense that goes into it. And that is like three hours by myself, three hours. So if I can spend just a wee bit more time uh, embalming somebody who's a donor, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to complain about that, period. Thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been on the end of those angry funeral home calls. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I mostly just get angry when I'm getting like eight calls in, in like 3 a.m. Yeah. From like back and forth from these facilities where I'm just like, please, please let me sleep. We can like figure out you bringing the yeah. body here tomorrow. Please. Yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> Who like, are there really, and this is like, this is probably the dumbest question, but bear with me. Do people really like their, you know, loved one just dies and they're like, Funerals tomorrow. Buckle up, everybody. Yes. Is that real? No, straight what up. What in the hell? People are wild. How do you get all your family members in? Bro, they are insane. Either they're wow. like, well, everybody's already in because uh, holidays Because we knew happened. they were done. Yeah. So yeah, just get this done before they have to get back on their plane. Wow. And it's like, that is not my problem. I can only order caskets Yikes. so fast. Like, yeah. That's not how that works. I ain't building these uh, in the garage, you know, like. <laughs> I always just assume, like, after somebody, like, you know, kicks the bucket. <laughs> you got, like, a nice little, like, week for like close family members to get their shit together. And then like, you know, the actual funeral happens and you show up with your less close family members and they're like, hey, we're in from out of town. We just got back from Applebee's. Haven't you know, seen you like, since you were a baby. Yeah, haven't seen Thanks you weird in Uncle Greg. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're like, oh my God, why are you crying? It's like, oh, well, because I'm like you, I was around. <laughs> like, you know? Definitely not speaking from personal experience. What? <laughs> I do want to actually uh, give you guys some compliments on your uh, procurement because so like everybody at the medical examiners, which granted they're probably overworked, especially like the ones that are close yeah. to like inner city where there's a lot more like suspicious or uh, deaths that need investigating. They, those texts, they are so messy yeah. when they uh, are doing their autopsies. They're cutting into vessels, they're cutting arteries. So we end up with like leaks all the time Ooh. that always somehow spray um, embalming fluid directly into my eyes. Um, but like every time I've gotten like a donor body, there's like so much care and concern that goes into like what you guys are cutting around. Like I can tell based on like just that work that you guys really put like you're all into it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys are doing good. We do our best. Here's some basic rundowns of additional embalming techniques that we would use on a donor past what I already kind of mentioned. 
Um, say they recovered a large portion of back skin, uh, we would paint the exposed area with a surface embalming chemical uh, that uses a like penetrating uh, like phenol or something like that. Uh, so like a gel that basically you just slather onto oh, it. I have a question. Yes. Do you ever use our drying? Yo, so, okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be good. We start with yo. <laughs> so they're, um, these, these donation places, a lot of them, they're very nice. They actually uh, pack like a little care package for the embalmer, uh, whoever's going to be preparing the body. Kind of the bath bomb? It's <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> a very dangerous bath bomb. <laughs> so they, they pack us a jar of a chemical that we can use especially on like a skin donation like a back yeah. uh, skin like donor and also like a uh like plastic garment to go around the person because they're gonna be leaking no matter what you do they're gonna be leaking uh embalming fluid out of those those holes um so it's very nice of them to send us some extra uh, materials to be able to use um and the answer to your question is sometimes <laughs> oh nice okay it just depends on like if somebody's really so the stuff that you give us is very viscous mm-hmm. uh which actually is kind of especially if i'm embalming somebody by myself i did this the other day with a donor that had their back skin donated i like had to try to roll this man who is made of jelly at this point because he's like long bones are gone and try to paint this onto them yeah and so with that liquid it was very hard to do that so we have mm, a little okay. more um like jelly like consistency that we'll use but we actually we save it and we do nice. use it for other cases of like nice. different stuff so absolutely we use that stuff uh just not always on the bodies that you said for sure or... yeah i just wanted to know it was getting used i i am scared every time i grab it because i grab it with my bare hands and oh i've heard terrible stories of people like getting it on their hands and stuff so i'm like am i doing this for nothing no no you absolutely don't and i always change my gloves after i use that stuff yeah immediately to change my gloves yeah. i ain't trust like that like that stuff is very highly because pen- basically yeah. it's a surface embalming chemical like it has to penetrate i don't know an exact you know number or like width to give you guys but it's got to at least go like an inch down into the tissue mm-hmm. and again imagine like what that does sitting on your gloves for like yeah, an hour too. you know yeah so. for sure but no i totally hear okay, you okay. it is used <laughs> it is used so say um, the long bones of the leg are being donated. Um, so basically a lot of times if somebody's donating that portion of their leg, basically it's just kind of like a hip stump with like the feet attached to a PVC pipe in between the two of them. So there's literally nothing there. There's no muscle, there's no bone, none of that. And obviously if you're arterial, arterially, arterial, I'm gonna do the different word, Obviously, if you're injecting through the arteries, the circuit has been cut off, so it's not going to go to those feet stumps. So what we would do is we would hypodermically inject the embalming fluid in uh, using a long trocar. So it's very uh, about like a foot and a half long, two feet long uh, needle. Pretty, it's about like the width of a pencil, maybe. What the hell? Yep, and we would just stick that right into the tissues and force the embalming fluid in that way. Um, and then say like the last thing that we would pretty much do after we would attempt to do arterial embalming and uh, hypodermic embalming, uh, we would wrap whatever the limb or whatever in um, cotton. And then in the cotton, we would take cavity fluid, which is what we do you know, normally inside of someone's chest and uh, thoracic cavity. And yeah, you're look- Sierra's giving me a look that you just cannot buy. <laughs> and I, I don't understand. I've never witnessed any of this. I don't, I'm, you know, within the horrors of my own mind imagining this. 
So sounds great. Wow, cavity fluid. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. So basically, a very high index fluid that would be uh, injected directly into uh, your cavities that hold all of your organs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would just drench the cotton wrapped limb in that. So it, it basically another form of the uh, surface embalming, like I mentioned with the gel. Uh, and then over top of that, we would put like a big old like sheet of plastic just because the fumes are so like horrendous. Like you cannot stay in the embalming room for much longer after that because it's just your eyes are just bleeding out of your face. It's just it's bad. <laughs> Do the but bodies get like hard after that? Or are they are they still floppy? Uh, so, so like you got, you know, somebody in a casket and stuff. I, like I've never touched anybody in sure. a casket, obviously, mm-hmm. because you're supposed to be like, oh, my God, like a <laughs> you know, you throw some candies or whatever. Um. <laughs> Can you, so if you took the the long bones out, right, Mm -hmm. you do your whole embalming thing, can you still, like, flop out the legs or no? Oh, yeah, they're still floppy. Like, like, they're going to feel definitely more rubbery, (laughs) but because there's no structure, like, yeah, absolutely so floppy. Yeah, Yeah, so floppy. There's literally just a piece of skin connecting the hip to the foot left, like a one-inch strip of skin. It's wild. (laughs) And it gives, like, a whole new meaning to, like, throw them over your shoulder like <laughs> well I heard somebody call them foot roll ups and I've oh, never oh my <laughs> god never laughed longer in my whole life oh my god that is insane it's so good wait until the boys hear this at the water cooler <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been saying it just like offhand at work trying to get it to catch on nobody thinks it's as funny as I do I, I, oh my god that's good wow <laughs> I love that. So to cap off the embalming process, uh, so after all these these chemical treatments would have been done, and it's actually time to like dress and casket somebody. Uh, obviously, we have still very much open parts of people's bodies; they're sutured up um, to keep them from leaking. We put them in those full body garments. Uh, what the largest one of which is called a unional, uh, and basically it's literally like a spaceman suit, um, like that has uh, sleeves and footies and like zips up the front. And we would then put like absorbent powders into that, zip it up, and then just put people's clothes on right over top of that. Um, over the space suit. Uh, yeah. yeah. You just you slap whoever's wedding yep. dress or whatever they're being buried yep. in over the space suit. Yep, right over the space suit. Amazing. So, That's it. Yeah, if you are, oh my lord, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, if you, that is a, I mean, as a, a family who is uh, helping, um, you know, their loved one donate, um, that is something that you have to bring in when you're considering clothing options for those family members. Uh, long sleeve, high collar, and not see-through. Those are very important things because Ooh. they're all pretty much going to be in these uh, union all plastic garments. And we cannot just hide that. That is something that needs to be covered with a very opaque and uh, long sleeved uh item of clothing it's one of my just banes of existence <laughs> because it's the same thing with autopsies we put them all in these unionals as well and people will always without a doubt bring in a v-cut like tank top and i'm just like i don't have enough time in the day to explain to you why this is so wrong <laughs> you tell me my booty shorts for my hooters outfit i would be very <laughs> no go question. for it yeah no well, go, but go if, what if I, i'm gonna donate what well, if my the, little floppy legs yeah but the casket's about... closed it's always waist up clothes. Yeah. yeah. Really? I mean, we dress you in full, but you really only mm. see, you know. Well, no. I come from a cremation family. We like to just burn them and churn them. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. I am dead. <laughs> well, I will be too. But it's on the to do list. You know? Oh, amazing. 
So organ and tissue donation sites will never take anything that will get in the way of you having an open casket. Like even in, when they're actually procuring like different eyeball parts, there's plenty that we can do as embalmers to make something look natural again with uh, any type of donation. So never let that be something that dissuades you away from letting your loved one be a donor. We can definitely have it so you can see them again uh, and they will look natural. Now I would like to ask you both what your opinion on donation is. Do you want to be a donor? Do you know anyone that's been a donor? First of all, it's fucking brutal in the coolest <laughs> way possible. It's pretty metal, dude. Yeah, absolutely metal. Absolutely well, so metal. Well, you know, I have the the concept of not planning on dying ever. Right. I don't think it'll catch me. Fair enough. Uh, but, you know, hypothetically, if I do, right? Uh, I think it'd be pretty sick to have uh, bits and pieces of me live on in somebody else. You know, it's, yeah. it's almost like I'm the disease. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm super into, you know, yeah. like I'm the problem. See, no, that's or the solution. Metal. See, I'm the solution now. <laughs> <laughs> How the turntables. I like it, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. super into it. I'm ready. The final solution. The final no, solution. No, no, that's a Hitler thing. No, no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, Cut no. that completely Cut out. That. Kanye, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't do this again today. <laughs> oh, God. But no, I personally, I don't think this has dissuaded me at all. Uh, good, it's, it's turned me on to it. Definitely. I'm here for it now. Oh, absolutely. I was absolutely. here for it before, but I didn't really understand what I was signing up for. Sure. And now I'm kind of like, mm, just give me 